0: Well, we're blessed to have Jodie and Chris McCartney here with us this morning to uh, talk a little bit about what we've just saw on the video. And welcome, Chris and Jodie. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having us. No problems. And I'm wondering, how how has this last year been? And how have you been able to help Second Chance with um, COVID and the people that you've been family to uh, for such a long time?
1: Um, Yeah, COVID's been rough. It's... um, and, I mean, we don't hear much about it because we're focusing on the, the current, you know, challenges here. Um, but Thailand's getting over 21,000 cases a day. That's, And they're the ones that are been tested. So there's thousands more that aren't. Um, and directly in our community and, and the people that we know and love, you know, um, and the Second Chance team, there's been about uh, more than three quarters of the staff have had COVID um, or tested positive. Most of them have been hospitalised. Um, so they've been, they've been really sick. So that has had a massive impact on the operations of Second Chance. It's had a massive impact on even just their capacity to kind of, ha- how do we sustain this? You know, just I- I- even their imaginations, like, when is this going to end? Um, and it also impacts, you know, um, customers. Like, a lot of the business is from local people coming in and buying secondhand goods, and if they're not, they're not able to or well, they're, 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 there's a huge fear element, well, I don't want to go out... So many layers to it,
0: yeah. Sure. Mm. sure. Yeah, well. It's been a long time that you've been a part of, of Second Chance, uh, 14 years. This is a long time. It's not a short time. Um, it's become part of the fabric of who you are. Yep. Now, what what held you and sustained you in that mm. those times? It's 14 years. Mm. I, think,
2: I think we... It's having that, that vision, isn't it, that... Um, that God is at work. And we were fortunate to be able to see the trans- transformative work of God in in not just other people's lives, but in our own lives. Um, so it's we, we, we call that the... It's the two miracles, isn't it? You know, the miracle of what God is doing in other people's lives. But as we participate in what God is doing or join with God, um, we ourselves are transformed. And I, and I think... When I think about... Um, some of our friends who we've seen um, in life transform. I think of a guy called, I'll call him uh, Frank. Frank, thank you. Uh, and I first met Frank when I was doing some visitation um, or some work in uh, prison hospital. Um, or the, the prison was called Bangkok Hilton, or that's the, the name it goes by. And so it's a rough prison, overcrowded. And I first met this guy who had been admitted to the prison hospital in the psych ward. And he'd, he'd done something like 45 years in jail. And um, I got to meet Frank and spend, you know, once a week I was going into the prison hospital to do some work with, with um, yeah, some of the patients. After a couple of years, I got a phone call one morning and said, "Look, from the from the nurse at the hospital, and said Frank's been discharged today to go home after 45 years." And so, he he knew very little about the outside world. Uh, I picked him up. Uh, I said, "Where are you going?" He goes, "Well, I've got to go to Chiang Mai." Now that's like a, a eight ten hour drive from Bangkok. I said, "Well, we'll come back to our place, stay the night, and then I'll take you on to to Chiang Mai." On the way home, Jodie calls, can you pick up something, some dinner for the girls on the way home? So I just, you know, casually, as we do, drive through McDonald's, the drive-through, and France is sitting there going, what, what just happened? I, you've just spoken into a microphone or some sort of speaker, and the next, you, you drive up to the next window. Back.
1: The speaker was talking back to you. <laughs>
2: uh, and... Uh, you know, this, his world had changed. You know, the world had gone got itself into a great big hurry, you know, as, as the saying goes. Um, Francis had no one in Chiang Mai. He was completely alone. He, he'd he been... His family said, we don't want you here. So when we finally arrived up there... So he was alone and had marginalised because of his history and his background. And he he made his way back down to Bangkok and... Over a period of a few months, became a part of our community at Second Chance, Um, and and we gave him some translation work that he could do. His English was exceptional, and so through through being a part of our community, through reading Bonhoeffer material, translating into Thai, he encountered Christ, and it was a beautiful story, uh, which followed him, uh, you know, getting baptised and becoming a follower of Jesus, but in all of that, he, he found a place to belong. And so he's, yeah, it was those stories, wasn't it? And, and we could tell you on for hours of, of lives, just, you know, God changing people's lives. And that, and that's what it was always about, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was the countless... And it, it's easy to pile one story into, like, this amazing outcome sure. and to kind of forget that it was many, many hours of you know, Chris visiting the prison, week in, week out, and often coming home feeling, oh, what was the point, you know, and not, you don't necessarily see the fruit straight away, and I think that's, yeah, it's really important to kind of recognise that and, mm-hmm. and honour those many hours of, of just building a relationship, and yeah, I think of, you know, even in the video, you do see um, a lot of beautiful faces, and I think Boy is one of the women who, you know, she's highlighted in that video, and you know, she's one of the stories or one of the people that I just go, yeah, that is, that's is—that's what a transformed life looks like. When someone encounters Jesus and they recognise that in Christ they are loved, they are whole and, you know, they, they belong somewhere and I think that's what... And Second Chance was a vehicle for people to encounter Christ but also to belong and it was tangible. And so, yeah, those it was those stories and so seeing people like Bowie... Um finally, discover that I actually have worth i'm not, and you know it's not just this her life story is just awful you know there were people that constantly told her you are worthless, you know family members grandmas, like she was constantly you know a husband who walked out on her you're worthless you're worthless, this constant sort of repetitive you know it's like this broken tape, and seeing those broken tapes kind of be destroyed and kind of a new tape a a new kind of song being sung over these people's lives um that totally sustained me like seeing those those moments is like oh yeah all these my all this hard work all this all this time that's a lot of it's mundane a lot of it's just spending time with people you know loving them wherever they're at and but it yeah those moments is where you go yeah this is this is worth it yeah
0: the importance of being being Christ's presence wherever you are. Yeah. Mm. Um, whether that be in a formal setting where you're running ministry or whatever, or whether that be when you walk into the shopping centre and, and bump into someone who's just struggling a little bit. And, yeah. um, what, what great stories. And we could listen to you for three hours. Um, we won't, but we could listen to you three <laughs> hours with these stories because they are, are, are wonderful, it encourages to us that what you've been doing there translates to what we can do in our lives yeah. here as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you are, you're back in Melbourne, you're living back in Melbourne now. What's life like for you now? What, what does it look like and how are you spending your time back here?
2: Yeah, we've uh, we, uh, been back since the end of last year in Nader Wadding. Our girls are involved at, uh, at, at Donvale Christian School, which is fantastic. A great place for them to uh, just find their feet uh, Jodie and I continue our studies. Uh, we're doing this wonderful course in—it's in, a Masters of Transformational Development. So we're looking at, you know, how can we best facilitate, um, you know, people encountering Christ and seeing their lives transformed. Mm. Um, but we're also fortunate to, um, yeah, continue to be a part of Second Chance Bangkok, uh, as Jody said in. Uh, yeah, in more of a mentoring, coaching, um, pastoral type of role, and we also recently started working with Global Interaction, which has just been a real blessing to to reflect on our experiences and what we've learnt over the years in order to help, uh, yeah, mobilising and equipping other people into mission, so it's a great, yeah, it's a
0: great landing for us. That's fantastic. It's great to hear that um, you're sort of combining the, the, the stuff that you have been doing and still pushing into that um, and, and growing into something a little different as well. It's really great. And w- when will you finish up the, the studies? How long will they be going for?
1: Uh, we finished, yeah, all going well next, uh, 12 more months, so July next year, 2022.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's great. I wonder if you can give us a glimpse. It's been a changing time for you. And obviously we all have had challenges through COVID, but um, there's been a lot of challenges for you guys. What Can you give us a glimpse into some of those challenges of transition um, mm. that you had to go through?
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, transitions are hard and change is hard. Um, I would say it's been a, a long season of grief, um, a long season of kind of working through and processing all the losses. Um, yeah, it feels like peeling back the onion layers, you know, like, um, and each layer makes you cry. <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pain um, when you've invested and, and really belonged to a community and um, participated in the life and the, just the, what it means and the essence of that community, um, yeah, that's that's probably been one of the hardest things to to grapple with. That that especially coming back in a climate of COVID, where it's very difficult to make connections. It's very difficult to um, find your place within a community, um, let alone all the other layers that you know make our community so different. So, I mean, a classic example is the um, one of our daughters the introvert of our family, um, you know, she she struggled on, on many levels with the intensity of our community, but she, you know, she found ways to manage that and that was great. Um, but coming back here, the contrast is so great. You know, she, Chris came home one day and he's like, what is she doing? And it was like kind of spitting and it wasn't even a nice day and she'd pulled like a sun chair out. And sitting in the driveway, in the hope that she would see people, mm. and like, where is everybody? Kind of thing. And like, this is the introvert of the family. So the rest of us are kind of going, yeah, it's 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 just that that's it's so jarring the differences of our life. Yeah, um, yeah some other.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think we had a real real clarity on on it and, and focus on yeah. our purpose and our our where we belonged. And and, on our, and our vocation, yeah. we were you know part of, uh, have a deep sense of. Um, for Jody and I, our vocation is is on the periphery of, of, of society. Those places where, uh, you know, we, we lived in a slum community for 14 years, and um, it's just a gift that God's given us to sort of be in those yeah. places to come back, and where, you know, to be in Nutter which is, which is wonderful but there's a bit of a sense of loss of vocation Mm. and it's hard not to have identity wrapped up in that as well. So it's like, oh, I I know that I'm not supposed to find my identity in what what I do, but it's also closely tied with vocation as well. Mm. So there's all that um, working through that space as well Mm. and creates challenges. And Mm. as Jody said, vocationally, I mean, um, with with COVID, we're kind of stuck, aren't we? Everyone's in the same boat. I mean, even just an example, the other day, we had a neighbour come come come, uh, and ask and said, could you take my daughter to school? Um, And we said, well, we can go one better. You can take our car. Flat battery. Flat battery. battery. And and it was just nice to, it was almost a Mm -hmm. glimpse of like, oh, this is what life was like every day, just sharing resources. And and that's what it is to be a part of Mm. a community and, you know, to be God's, body is to share the resource that God's given us
1: it was, it was a lovely glimpse it was like ah oh, how nice it is to share our things again because that that just became our way of life that our home our fridge our you know the things that we cooked with our motorbikes the things that we use daily were actually shared among others like people would often come oh can I just borrow your motorbike I need to you know run down to the supermarket and it was just the normal way of life and that's that whole cohesiveness of being belonging in a community and yeah so it has felt a bit it's been dis, dis, uh we felt disconnected and maybe felt a layer of impoverished uh, of being impoverished ourselves kind yeah, of sure. losing the richness and it's funny you know the irony like a lot of people you know when we visited in the past I could never do what you do I could never live in a slum and it's like well I, I actually think we hit the jackpot like I think we lived the richest life that we possibly could have by living there um and so I do think that there's yeah there's the gifts that we learned there are you know are so many yeah
0: Mm. well it sounds like a a a beautiful um picture of of the kingdom of God when you think about um everyone living in in a community where um not just sharing possessions but sharing the life that God's richly given us um sounds like a wonderful picture of of that yeah,
2: yes, uh, and and it's 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 important for us to remember that it was really difficult as well. Um, yeah, we would yeah. often go to bed oh. with with uh, you know neighbours screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know our, our landlord was shot and killed his wife. You know like there was mm-hmm. violence. It's a community that does reflect this beautiful yeah. sense of sharing. Uh, but it's also, it's this paradox of one at the same time tearing each other apart, mm. and, it's, um, and, and that's the, the beauty and the, the challenge of these spaces, isn't it? And that's yeah. part of being human.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's really good reflection, Chris, and um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It gives us real insight into that and helps us understand your transition back and, and, and the, the change it must be for you in, in this space. So I, I suppose... You would have learned a lot of lessons from your mm-hmm. your time over there. How how is that helping you in this new season, this mm-hmm. fresh season, this different, totally different season to what you have been in? Even though you still got the ties back to to Thailand, yeah. you're, you're you're sort of set here now. How's yeah. it helping you?
2: There's a we'll, we'll share a story in parts uh, because I think it helps. I was out because it, it it helps us. It reminds us that we're not alone. That yeah. God hasn't. Forsaken us <laughs> even though because I was out walking um, and, and once once a week we would do um, home visitations and I was out making my way to a house with with a, a colleague mm. and a couple of drunk guys came and said hey you really should come and see and help this fella mm. who's just come out of hospital he's been uh, basically dumped there by the by an ambulance um, sort of transport yeah. um, they, they literally just dumped him off at his place. Now, when I say place, it was a shack with a timber bed. It's about in a... two
1: meters, two by two. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, they basically they didn't want him to die in the hospital; it would be a cost to the hospital. So they, at the end of his life, they just uh, dumped him back in his place. And so these drunk guys said, "Come and come with us. I want I want you to help him." Mm-hmm. Uh, I got there with my friend, and knowing Jody has a. a A nursing background said this is much better situation for (laughs) my wife to to look after this this guy so I went and got Jodie
1: yeah oh and you know it was it's a privilege to be invited into that space so um with one with Oi who manages you would have seen her in the video she manages second chance but so together we went down and um you know, we grabbed all the stuff that we needed to, to give him a bath and to clean him up because, like, when we arrived, you, we walked in and the smell was just overpowering and it's just, you know, human feces and, um, you know, he'd been in this same nappy for about four days, we found out later, like, so he'd been there for four days, hadn't been moved. Um and so there was just one little wooden bench, and and Chris and, and one of the other guys helped lift him back up onto this wooden bench, and then Oi and I proceeded to just give him a wash, and just to clean him up. And um, you know, it was it was a there were lots of sort of profound moments in that. He, um, in in Thai culture, your your head is kind of considered really holy, so you don't touch people's heads. I mean, unless maybe to bless them, or like it, it, it's sort of a yeah, the holy. And in the same way, feet are considered filthy because, and it sort of, you know, takes us back to the times of Jesus where, you know, they walked the streets and and truly in, in the slum, you're wearing thongs every day, you're walking through sometimes, you know, in the wet season, you're walking through, you know, ankle deep, filthy water um, or in the hot season, it's just very dusty and dirty. Um and so in that way, yeah, your feet are kind of considered dirty. You always leave your shoes at the door. Um, and when I was washing him, she actually looked up and she she asked me, she said, do you mind if I wash his feet? And I, I said, well, yeah, sure. I mean, there, there's no poo on them. Like I, In my mind, I'm sort of like thinking practically like, well, you know, that if you want to. And then it just hit me because I looked at her face and she started weeping and he had not been responsive this most of this time, and he started crying. And in what she did in washing his feet was actually saying to him, "I am placing you in the highest honour, and I am you. You are someone of dignity. You are someone of worth. Um, you have not been forgotten." And. Um, you know, we, we left him all cleaned and um, left him sitting. There was, there was actually a wheelchair that someone had brought to the, the house. So we kind of said, do you want to sit up? And he said, yeah. And then Chris got a phone call later.
2: Well, I went back down to, yeah. to check on oh, him. Oh, that's
1: right. Yes, yes.
2: Take some, some snacks because he hadn't eaten, some, no and clothes. Mm. Um, and we get there. I was with, with one of my daughters now at this stage. And uh, there was a crowd that had gathered around his wheelchair and literally he died in the, in, in the mm. five minutes before I'd got there, an hour or so after Jody and Oi had dressed him. And it was this beautiful picture of God saying, oh, I have not forgotten the least of these. Um, tragic circumstance to die yeah. I, I, the way he did. Mm. But it was just this picture of God saying, I've, I'm not, I'm not mm. forsaking you, I'm not leaving you. Yeah. Um, it was
1: actually Oi, I think, who said to us in reflection, because we came down shortly after, Chris called up and said, you've got to come down. And Oi, you know, she's in her own journey, you know, she's had this encounter with Jesus and she's sort of growing her faith. And she, she was the one that said, I feel like Jesus invited us here to, sh- to tell him that God loves him mm. in, in a really practical way to offer him that love. Mm. You know, and she, she just said, I just, I feel like that's the miracle of, you know, what that moment was. So, yeah. and that, that is the lesson, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's it has been really dark like so losing dad at the beginning of this transition um, and all that means for us as a family and then losing everything else as well like our home because Bangkok was home our vocation our you know all the things that we kind of had grown to love and um, how we did family everything has changed and so it has felt really dark and yet that what we know of God is that he doesn't forget. He doesn't forget even the least of these and he doesn't forget us even in our darkness. So that's, that's, we cling to that, don't we?
2: we? We do. We can cling to God's faithfulness, God's gentleness, God's kindness.
1: Compassion.
2: Compassion and, and, and mm. recognise too that there is nothing out of reach or anyone out of reach of God's love. Yeah. You know, we've seen it over and over again that there is nothing... Mm. You know, neither height nor depth, nor you know that passage from Romans eight that is beyond God's love, mm. which is transformative when we when we feel it and know it and experience, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's um that's that's really powerful. Um, and and to see that that's not that's not something that's left in Bangkok. That's something that you guys will be putting into practice now. But it's something for each of us as we. Work through what it means to be Christ's hands and feet in our community. Mm. Even more, when we're locked in our houses, we have our two streets that we walk around every day. How are we? How are we seeing that worked out in our lives with the people that maybe we see once once a week? How do we do that? um, What a challenge! Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, uh, You've just shared. It's a story of hope, really. But what, what gives you guys hope mm. moving forward? I mean, you've talked about the hardships and that sort of thing, which is sometimes really tough to, to move out of sometimes. But what gives you hope moving forward now?
2: Mm. Yeah, there, there, there is, in, in what we've shared, there has, there's, we hope that there's been elements of uh, hope. And we look to Christ... And where is Christ found? He's, he is found on on the margins and the peripheries, and the in the isolation and the loneliness and the disorientation of, of life. Mm. Um, so we know that even though life is quite challenging for us here and now, and for each of us mm. in in various ways, that we we can still we. It's on the, in those places that we encounter Christ more often uh, than in the in the times of s- the mountaintop experiences. Uh, so so the hope is firmly you know, that, that Christ is there making all things new. Mm. That that's that's what God is about. Mm. And we that's our that's what we hold on to. Um, recognizing that he's God is in in that process of making all things new, restoring relationships, restoring creation. Um, And and it's a beautiful journey to be a part of, isn't it? Uh, It's having that, that maintaining that vision somehow. And and I I guess that's part of the challenge.
1: Yeah, I think for me on that is, just expanding on that a little bit, is that um, God is making all things new and that includes me. Mm. And I think... um, there's, there have been weeks and days that have been very bleak, um, as we, yeah, journey this sort of, this grief journey, um, and yet, yeah, my hope is that, that God is making me new, that he's doing a new thing in me, and, um, yeah, you know, even in those days where it feels like, where are you, God, um, knowing the faithfulness of God knowing what we know of God what we've seen of God what we've experienced of God you know looking back sometimes it you know there's this indigenous people often say in order to move forward we have to walk backwards into the future because the past is what you know and that's that's how we understand God like we we know our experiences of God have been shaped by what we've experienced in the past so we don't know what's coming next in the future. So, if we, if we kind of walk backwards looking at what we know of God with trepidation, yeah. as we kind of look over our shoulders and go, I don't know what's next, but I know that what came before me. Um, and so, that, that gives me hope. Yeah. yeah that's
0: great. That's, that's wonderful. What a, what a great image mm. to leave us on, I suppose, um, and to bring each of us hope um, into our journeys. Mm. Um, we're in lockdown six now in Melbourne. Um, welcome to lockdowns, eh? And and uh, I'm hearing a lot more that this lockdown's been harder than other lockdowns. Um, the, the 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 quickness of it, however, it happened. It, it's just been hard, and and I think as we as we look uh, at our future, um, we can look at it with. different lenses can't we we can look at it just going well we're never going to be okay it's going to be really tough or we can look at it going hey god sustained us through the hardest moments of our lives and we can we can walk into hope with confidence uh walk into future with confidence and hope uh that that christ is walking with us um thank you for sharing your journey this morning with us really appreciate your time um and the stories as well um what a, what a blessing it is to, to hear them and uh, to be able to journey with you in them as well. And as you continue your work with uh, Second Chance, um, we'd love to continue to hear that story unfolding in, in Melbourne and, and in Bangkok and how that partnership works as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're really grateful for, yeah, Kill Scythe and um, so many people who pray for us and support us and support the work of Second Chance. We, um, yeah, we do want to say thank you and, and really honour the sacrifices that many have made to, to enable us to do what we do and to enable the team to keep doing what they do. So, yeah, really grateful.
0: Well, bless you. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Great
0: to hear from Chris and Jody and the stories that they've been able to share, but the stories of hope that bring hope to us as well. I want to read just a little bit from Scripture, uh, from John chapter 1. It says this, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, Out of His fullness... We have all received grace in place of grace already given, for the law was given through Moses, grace grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is Himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We have that living hope based upon Jesus Christ. It's the hope that uh, Chris and Jody have been talking about. It's the hope that we see uh, as we move into lockdowns, as we move through hurt, pain, as we see joy into the future. I want to pray, and I to pray for Chris and Jody specifically, but I want to pray for each of us that we may find and know and hold on to that hope who is in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we thank you for that hope that you bring. Only through you, Jesus, can we have that living hope. A hope that regardless of what looks forward as bleak or scary or nervy or uncertain, that we can walk through it, into it, in confidence that you are with us. God, we thank you for Chris and Jody and their ministry among the people in Bangkok. A ministry that hasn't finished. A ministry that keeps on serving them, keeps on sharing with them, keeps on finding hope for them, even though they are here. I pray that you continually sustain all those people that they work with uh, over there. That Chris and Jody may bring some of that hope through you to them. That these stories will continue to, um, to be built upon and we'll see that your kingdom coming in those slums at Bang- in Bangkok. Now God, we ask that as Chris and Jody continue to minister to them, as they minister through global interaction, may you bring a sustaining grace to their family that they will continue to be your hands and feet regardless of where they are. We give you thanks and praise for what we've heard this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.